Um, one of my harshest stories uh, from dental school, I'll just touch on this story, um, was one night after a long day of school and professors telling me that my work was trash because they would just be like, do it over. Whoa. I'm walking home at 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night because we would be in the labs late. Um, and this was during the time that Trump was running for president and, pe oh, and people were being a little extra. And so I'm walking down the street. My house was literally not even five minutes from Tufts. And this guy starts chasing me and calling me a dirty N-word. Um, and he's like, you dirty nigger, like, and running after me. So I bust out running. And, like, I get to my door. I unlock it. I get it in. And I, I didn't realize it, but I had never been called the N-word in my life. And this wow. was the first time. And wow. so I'm in my second year. So that week I had a huge practical where you had to make dentures and a period of time. I was so traumatized. I kept running in my head. I'm a dirty N-word. I'm a dirty N-word. So here I am. I'm beating myself up at school thinking I don't belong here. And then I even outside of school, people thought I was trash. So I, when I tell you, I've never failed anything I went to my practical the next day or so and completely blanked out. I burnt myself with a hot tool and failed. Whoa. And it was so, I, I ended up getting like therapy because I had to like deal Whoa. with like, I never, like I've been. That had never had, yeah. I've done what passive racism, but to deal with like blunt racism in my uh, face. Someone it, just, yeah, that's traumatic. Yeah. It was traumatic. And then chasing and, you at night at 10, 11 o'clock at night. That's yeah. Geez. And at the time I was dating a white man and he was like, who cares? Those are just words. And, oh my God. <laughs> and he didn't understand. And I had to deal with that. And then I had to deal with the fact that I failed something like, so here's my worst nightmare that right. I was trying so hard not to do. And I failed, but uh, again, it made me stronger. I spent the whole summer with the professor that I failed that practical with. I learned how to do dentures, and that was one of my biggest strong suits. So it's just to say, like, some of your biggest failing moments can really catapult yeah. you into what, some of your greatest strengths. But yeah. that was a hard moment in dental school. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I have a, you know, so kind of, kind of, you know, the parallel that I have with that um, I was, in, I was in Palm Beach. I was in Florida. I was in pharmacy school when the whole Trayvon Martin thing happened. Mm -hmm. Right. And if you remember that happened, he was in Florida. Yeah. And um, I remember, I tell this story, I was in pharmacy school and um, I remember when the verdict came out, you know, you know, he, the guy, the, the murderer went to, to trial, the verdict came back, not guilty. And it was just this it was kind of like how I describe it now. One of my, uh, you know, a younger friend, a friend of mine, you know, called me a few months ago with the, when the Breonna Taylor um, non-indictment, you know, announcement came out that, you know, the mm -hmm. officers weren't going to be. And he, he called me and he was just, you know, really upset and, you know, like, hey, you know, like, why didn't, you know, why, why can't there be justice? And it kind of felt like that. Yeah. that night for us, you know, when, you know, going through this, I remember I, I was on the phone or maybe messaging one of my friends from undergrad and we were just, we were, we were frustrated. We were upset, you know, we're like, wow, like, you know, how, how can you kill a, a black kid? Yeah. And, 
be found not not guilty. You know, it was just we were going through that, you know, so many emotions. And I remember I'm in pharmacy school and I'm on Facebook and I see as we're like me and my friends were we're heartbroken. I see some of my classmates, my friends on Facebook posting. Yay, stand your ground. Yay. You know, like celebrating <laughs> the, the, this, this verdict that just came out. And I was just like, whoa, like that, the same thing that is like for us is heartbreaking and we're like dying, you know, over here, yeah. you are celebrating this. You know? yeah. And these are people that are, you're sitting with in class for however many years and, yeah. <laughs> you know, like. No, that was hard. I was definitely like when Trump was being elected, like there was definitely a divide in the class and it was rough. Like it was so rough because, yeah, you spend there's not that many people in your class. You spend all the time with them. You have like Facebook groups. And when you see these things and it's like you realize like you're breaking bed all day with people who don't have your best. um, Mm -hmm interest in mind and to make it worse like these are future healthcare professionals right Right. and so you're like you're going to go out in the world and serve people who look like me and have all this biased opinion and you don't see gun safety and these things as public health issues i so that is very hard um cookie to to kind of (laughs) eat it's it's great it's ridiculous uh but i had to deal with but i was glad because at least now you know yeah one thing i would say like in my growth as a human being and in moving to texas i would say when i was younger i was more so part of like the cancel culture and like people who don't necessarily agree with the way that i see the world yeah um i would just be like nah yeah x mocks it out stay away from them but um in moving to Houston and I've worked in a lot of different offices, one of which was kind of in the countryside in Montgomery County, which, you know, even voted for Trump in the second election um, by a lot. Um, I've really come to see the other side and realize that they don't have these opinions necessarily because they're, some people are terrible humans, but it's just the environment in the media and the, the, the information that they're getting is just so different than the information that we get. Right. Right. Um, and how do I change how they think as I grow older? I'm like, how do I show people, um, our truths so that they can empathize because what I'm feeling sometimes, I mean, it's, it's kind of hard for, it's kind of touchy to say this, but we're creating these two separate Americas sometimes. And like who, who, which one Mm -hmm. of us, which ones of us are willing again, like I used to walk that line and create a bridge so that Mm -hmm. they can understand our side. Right. Um, Those people, because I don't mind walking that bridge. Like I will sit down with a country love to shoot, love to hunt like country boy. And we can have a good conversation. You're going to hear me. They're going to respect me. Uh, But not everybody is willing to sit at that table and have that discussion. And that's okay. Yeah. um yeah you're absolutely but, right you know and and there's there's definitely there has to be this this reckoning and this you know coming together because we have to like you said this is it's like two different americas and this ties back to becoming a really good medical professional i think the way that a lot of times we educated people look at the world is just so 
us centric. We think that everyone thinks like us. Like even though oh, yeah. you know you're more educated, but you think that everyone will come to the same conclusion as you, or people think the think the same things that you think are important are not. And the reality is that you have to pause your preconceived notions and yeah. realize a lot what is important to others is so diverse. I thought everyone, like especially growing up in science, like. Science is a type of religion. I don't care what anyone says, right? We we believe in science, you know, um, and a lot of times people see science as like facts, facts, facts. But no, facts are come are basically agreed upon conclusions, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think a lot of times, especially us coming from medicine and science based, we think that everyone's just gonna do what the science and the facts tells us and actually we see the world as humans in the way that fits the narratives in our head the best and yeah. that we have to kind of I don't know that's the one thing I, I, I think I, I want to preach to any healthcare provider listening to this is that really put yourself in your patient's shoes and other people's shoes and it, maybe we can get rid of some of this elitism we'll be able to have conversations with our patients and right. people so that they better understand the knowledge that we're trying to bestow on them that will make their lives better. That, that's amazing. That, that is absolutely amazing. Um, you hear a lot. I, um, other than Goki, I had another um, dear friend of mine who's a dentist come on the podcast and she's, she's a, um, she's doing so, so great. She has a pediatric dentist, you know, practice that mm -hmm. she opened up the only one in, um, in, in her part of town here in Houston and um, one, one of the things that she, she mentioned and that we talked about a little bit was um, kind of the, the, what, what she sees as these microaggressions yeah. uh, when dealing with patients, you know, and people that see her and that assume that she's, she can't be the dentist <laughs> because yeah. she's this little black girl, <laughs> you know, that, uh, that walked in the room. Um, I'm, I'm sure you've dealt with that. I'm sure you've seen that. Uh, what what has been some of your experiences with you know that you know microaggressions of people that don't believe that you know you could be so educated oh you're so young oh you're you know blah you're this you're that yeah I mean I used to take a lot of offense to it when I first started practicing I would definitely say um, it used to unnerve me and get me like knock me off my flow like I would be presenting and stuff and then someone would be like you look really young to be here blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I'd be like, uh. Uh, 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 and like stop and a lot of dentistry is educating your patients so that they do the treatment that you think is recommended for them and it's not like a lot of times they don't realize they need it until it hurts but we want to prevent that pain right and right. so I had to really learn how to stand in my faith and be like yeah I am young like uh, sometimes I would be sometimes I would say to them yeah black don't crack so then they think <laughs> i'm older but it's really like yeah i have great skin <laughs> like <laughs> like awesome. i i dish it back like if you're gonna come to me yeah. and question me like i'll dish it right back to you and a lot of times they take it very well but <laughs> like, yeah. no, i give should. them a little bit of attitude um with like my caucasian male patients i sometimes do get a little bit of button heads um, but I've just come to this. I'm not for everyone. If you like me, great. You can have a great relationship and would be a great provider. And if not, so what? Um, a lot of times I change my hair a lot. I wear nails. I'm very authentic to who I am as a person. And 
I've realized that patients trust me because they see me being me. No, I, sometimes I drop a cuss word every now and then. I'm a little bit of inappropriate. But <laughs> when you come to me, nice. you know you're getting the truth you know because I'm getting, not yeah. trying to be something that I'm not. Yeah. And when I realized that when I stopped trying to be like my mentors and stopped trying to be like other dentists and just started being myself, I get more patient acceptance um, awesome. always. And That's so awesome. I've really leaned into that. And you'll see that across the dental field, there's just been, been this change of the top providers are dentists who are authentic, like authentically themselves. That's um, awesome. Everybody. Yeah. Or even my patients, I'd be like, why'd you come to me? They're like, oh, I saw you. Um... I saw you roller skating on Saturday night <laughs> on your Instagram, and I thought that was really cool. So, yeah, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. 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 You guys have um, told me about, um, I know Goki has mentioned about this dentist out in, in, um, in Dallas that, you know, is... <laughs> Is, yeah, is... he's a rapper. He recently got shot, so that sucks. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, he's him. Like, there's some other dentist out in Miami. Um, but that like, is, yeah, that that put this personality. You know, their person. Yeah, that showcased their personality, and it just you know, it, it's it's what draws yeah. patients and, and people in. You know, people don't awesome. want to go see robots. Like, yeah. they don't want to deal with that. And, and excuse me. And thankfully, medical and dental. Um, schools have noticed this and now say you're applying to go to one of these professional schools they're more likely to look at you like as a whole rounded applicant person, like yeah. who is this person what have they done what do they bring to the the table and it's not just about your grades anymore that's awesome that's awesome so let's uh let's let's get back on the, okay so you graduate and you come to houston you wanted to get a job you want you you had this horrible experience and in uh, dentist school and you wanted to get out of Boston. You got out of Boston. You came to Houston, the great, you know, city of Houston, the great state of Texas. You know, it taught you. It, it's taught you a few things. But uh, so, how did? What, what was? What was your experience as far as you know, uh, professionally? Your your first job. Your, you know, um, where where do? How do? How did you go from there? Okay, so graduating dental school, I didn't feel like I need to do a residency. So as a dentist, you have a choice if you want to do a residency or not. Um, okay. I'm left-handed. And so uh, when I was in dental school, not a lot of teachers would help me because it would mean switching everything around. Um, and so oh, wow. I was pretty independent most of school. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to go work. If I have some mentorship, I'll be good. So I go to work for this guy. He had three offices. And he basically just dumped me in the office and was like, Toodaloo, like I gotta go take care of the other offices. If you need me, call me. Wow. So I thought I was getting mentorship. Turns out I wasn't. And so it was kind of like a do or die situation where I just learned how to figure things out on my own. And I wow. ended up working. He had me working. I signed a contract for him. So he was allowed to tell me when and where I was allowed to work. And so I was working six days a week for almost a year. Wow. It was insane. Um, if I wasn't so young, I don't know if I would have been ever been able to do it. And I was seeing about 30 patients a day, at least. Whoa. It was kind of a Medicaid, like uh, children, yeah. um, just like budget just dentistry. Turning them Just out. turning yeah. people in, toothaches, whatever. I, like, half the patients didn't even speak English. Wow. Um, I had, they had to translate everything. And it was hard. 
I'm not gonna lie, like some days I'd just come home and cry because I was like, I'm stuck here. <laughs> like Whoa. um, and so I worked, I picked up my speed though. Um, when I wasn't working, I tried to travel to make my life a little bit better, but it was very difficult. Um, when I got about a year in, the owner, so my contract originally it said if I met certain benchmarks. I would get to become part owner because I did want to yeah. one day be an owner. It wasn't the top of my list, but I was like, oh, this would be cool. So it was like, okay, if you work through these steps, you'll become owner. I killed those steps. I made the production. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm ready to buy in. He was like, hold up. What makes you think that you can be my partner? I was like, this contract. And from that moment, our relationship Wait, what did he say when you brought it up? Like, it's in the contract. Exactly. He was just like, I don't really think so. But I was like, you told me I need to make this much money for the office a year. I did it. Like, you told me I need to, like, read these books. I was reading leadership books. I was doing all the work. And he was just resisting. Um, and so our relationship really fell apart. And then it got to the point where we weren't communicating nicely to one another. And then there was a straw that broke the camel's back. One of my managers, um, they had a death in their family and he wouldn't let them take time off. And I kind of lost it. Cause it's one thing to abuse me as a doctor and make me work a lot and kind of do that. But to watch the staff have to go through misery, it was too much for me. Yeah. So I was supposed to be there for two years um, I broke my contract. Um, it wasn't pretty. Like, him and I fought about it. Um, and then there's, luckily in Texas, there's this app called Cloud. And I was, it's basically Uber for dentists. And I was able to just find work by the day. So I would just go to offices and be a temp dentist. And I did this for about six months. And I drove all over Houston from, like, Galveston all the way up to like Conroe Willis, Whoa. like you name it. I was just Whoa. working for the paychecks, just like Jeez. all over Katy, Midtown, out in Channel View. I was wow. everywhere. And it was such a hard time in my life. Like I leaned on God so much. Like I would just be in my car listening to my Jesus playlist, being like, oh God, where are you taking <sighs> me today? What are Aww. we doing today? And through that process, um, during that time where I was free, I got to go cover for my now mentor, Dr. Ellis. So okay. she was taking a trip and I was like, hey, I'm temping right now. Like, I wouldn't mind being stable for a week. <laughs> and yeah. so I go work for her for a week and I fell in love with what she had created in her office. So for you guys who don't know, my mentor, Dr. Simone Ellis, she's a black woman. She's a dentist. She's amazing. She's been practicing here in Houston for the last 11 years. She built her office from scratch when she was 26 years old, right out of Whoa. school. Wow, so she's awesome. been killing it and she's a cosmetic dentist um, and most of her clientele is black. And I was like, I love this. This is feeding my soul. I loved it so much. Um, and so how did you, point, was it, mm -hmm. was it just through that, you know, cloud um, app that you met her or did you know her prior? So I met her. So a, I used to go to camp as a kid and one of my camp counselors when I was a child saw is a dentist now and he, 
was like, hey, Mikey, I see that you're moving to Houston. Go find Dr. Simone Ellis. So she was doing a talk on veneers. I showed up to her talk. I was like, I need to go to this. I go to her talk. I meet her. And at that moment, I was like, hey, I heard like people, I was asking about her, like through other people that I know in the area. Um, and they're like, oh, she needs a doctor cover for her. Why don't you offer? And I was like, okay. So I go to the talk. I'm like, I'll cover for you if you ever need help. And oh. I did it. <laughs> And that's how I ended up meeting her. But because I had um, that backing of her classmate, she, I think, took me a little bit under her wing because I wasn't right. just some stranger off the street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, gotcha. you know, um, so networking, networking just tells yeah. you like people think like it's all grades and it's all. Um, yeah, no, it's who you know. All that stuff, like this world moves by who you know. You don't know who's in rooms talking about you when you're not in those rooms. And so right. it's so important to meet as many people and touch as many people as you can so that people can hustle for you in the background. What about like while you, you were in this period of six months, you know, going to different offices? I, I imagine as crazy and as, as hard and difficult as, as, as that must have been, you also had the chance to meet a lot of people and you know maybe meet a lot of owners meet a lot of dental you know dentist owners and maybe that how, how did that ever turn out to anything you know beyond that yeah I would say like I got to meet a lot of owners and it really I would say the biggest thing that I got out of it was how to sell myself in my worth I didn't know that being that I had um struggled for the past year doing volume dentistry I was very fast compared to other dentists my age um or just came out of school um I was able to do things faster I was able to uh I knew how to hustle and a lot of times if you come out of residency like okay the other night we we're talking about they're used to seeing one patient at a time little <laughs> by little yeah, like yeah. it's a completely different ball game so I I got to meet owner docs and they would want to hire me but because I knew where I wanted to be I said no yeah. and I was holding space to become part of Dr. Ellis's team one day and because I knew where I wanted to go, I kept saying no, but it taught me that I am valuable. I have things to bring to the table, even though I'm a young doctor. So that time in my life really like knocked my imposter syndrome out. Nice. Um, like, so I'm very thankful for it. Um, and it taught me all the different ways that people practice dentistry, what I liked, what I didn't like and yeah. everything in between. So I'm very thankful because a lot of dentists don't get to go into that many offices ever in their life so right. it's really a privilege so you, you got to see i'm sure a lot of things you know what works mm -hmm. what doesn't work and you know you know this is you know best practices from here and there and you just kind of pull them all together maybe exactly into, you know whatever you know if if you open up your own or when you open up your own or buy into something or you know that's yeah. awesome yeah and so i eventually ended up settling an office that would let me work there without a contract. And I really just held space because I really wanted to work with Dr. Ellis. So I worked part-time and then I would go shadow her. I would offer to cover days with her, work with her. Like I was being annoying. <laughs> wow. I really wanted her to understand that this is what I wanted to do. And so we were planning on having me work at her office, but then COVID hit and okay. there were all these things that she wanted me to do classes that they wanted to take. And I had a laundry list of them and they were my goals for 2020. And I was, when the pandemic hit, I was like, damn it. Like, 
everything I wanted to learn to be a good dentist, I can't do. And because I had those things written down, even though the pandemic hit, I made them happen this past year. Like I learned how to do Invisalign. I learned how to do the best veneers ever. I took so many courses because I still had that idea that even when this pandemic is over, I still want to be that dentist that I had sought out to be at the beginning of the year. Um, and so, was it her that told you, like, this is what you need to do, you know, as far as these classes, I, I need you to take these classes, blah, blah, blah. Or how did you yeah. get that list of, you know, yeah. these? It was her. She told me because we had set out, uh, she had given me a guideline to the things that she was expecting from me um, if I was ever to become her associate. And it was hard. It was like 60 hours of continuing education. It was all these expensive courses. It was buying like the camera system that she has. Like that ended up costing me like $3,000. Like it was a lot of things. And trying to make those things happen during a pandemic when we're not making as much money, it was so hard. But I ended up doing over 100 hours of CE this year. I ended up paying for all these things, traveling to New York, making it happen. Um, And that's why I'm in the position that I am today, because she realized that I was willing to put in that work even when the world was shut down. Wow. That's awesome. That that's amazing. And so, so let's, let's talk about that now, as far as like where you are now and, and, you know, where your passion lies, you know, you, this niche that you've kind of found and that you're, you're getting more and more into can you tell us a little bit about, I know you, you, you talked a little bit about the office and how it's, you know, she's, you know, it's black owned, you know, primarily black clientele, this and that, but, mm-hmm. you know, can you go more into kind of what the, the practice is and what that is? Yeah. So I would say like cosmetic dentistry has existed for a very long time now, like veneers, like crowns, all that stuff has been around, but the, it's never been directed towards black people because I mean, a lot of people made the assumption that we don't have the money for it. Right. And so now we're in a new era where. Wait, 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 wait. But didn't, um, didn't Paul Wall and uh, all these, uh, that's grills, dog. That's grills, dog. That's different. Kidding. I'm kidding. That's a joke. <laughs> oh, man. Um, and so what we are trying to do here and then not to mention so i would say in the last 10 years there has been this like push to market towards uh black patients cosmetics but it's been done in a predatory way um so we have doctors out in columbia kind of like trying to lure people to columbia because they're saying it's cheaper we have doctors here in the u.s who are luring patients to get work um that are not necessarily the best of the best, but they're paying really expensive price tags. So Dr. Ellis and I, we really wanted to bring the best of the best in terms of technology, the the labs, the, the materials that we use, the experience to our community because we deserve that. We're very hardworking people. We deserve the best. We don't deserve to be paying all this money for any subpartness. And so that's really the, the idea and the vision that we have is how do we uh, elevate the knowledge of our community to know that this is what they're worthy of. This is right. what the best feels like and to right. not accept anything other than that. That's awesome. That's awesome. So you, I, I know you've called it um, luxury cosmetic dentistry, you know, yeah. um, what, to, you know, and, and the other part of that is you, you, you're great with, you know, the social media marketing, you know, and we talked a little bit about, 
you know, um, just a few days ago, you know, being on Instagram live and, you know, kind of doing a procedure while, while on Instagram, but you've been able to kind of market that, you know, in a really great way, you know, um, how did you, or can you talk a little bit about that? And, you know, you, um, so for marketing, I mean, I'm just being myself, <laughs> I think. So what I'm doing is what's called personality-driven marketing. So when people are personality-driven dentistry, um, I've coined this term because you can go to a dentist for, you go on Google, you find a dentist, you don't really care who they are. You're just like, oh, I'm going to go get work done. But when people are coming to my office, they're coming to see us specifically. And so... I just put all of myself out all there. Yeah. Yeah. I just put myself out there. And so my patients know what they're kind of getting when they come through the door. Yeah. Um, and that's what's helping my page grow. My page is growing very organically. There are other dentists out here and other people out here who are paying for followers. They're paying for all these big marketing stuff. But I've really cracked the code. I was just like, just be yourself. And literally, I've watched my followers double. Like once I've actually committed to constantly, consistently being myself online, I've seen my followers double. And like awesome. every day, there people are just coming and they're genuine people. They're not like um, yeah. robots. Why not? Yeah. That's awesome. That, that's awesome. Um, what, where do you, um, can you talk a little bit about how you're, you're kind of positioning yourself and learning and, you know, what it's taken to kind of become more of a, an expert and, you know, carve out this niche for yourself? Yeah, I mean, so it's, so it's two things. So it's A, um, taking the time to learn. Like I said, I talked about doing a lot of CEs. Um, I would say one of the best dentists in this country is this gentleman called Dr. Appa. Um, but most of his clients are models and like very affluent people here in the US, in Dubai, in LA. And so I've gone and we've gone, Dr. Ellis and I have both gone and learned from him, but we're doing it here in Texas. <laughs> yeah, nice. You know, so just learning what the best are doing. Um, you know, networking so that we can understand the trade secrets. There's a lot of secrets out here that unless you know the right people, they're not going to tell you. So taking the time right. to get to know people who are in those positions. And then um, marketing in a way. Um, so photography. So for example, I've been working on my photography skills because if people don't know what you're doing, they're not going to, they can't yeah. see the before and apples. They're not going to come to you. So that's something that I'm spending so much time. I never thought I'd be doing photography as a dentist. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I'm sitting here up all night with my end icon, like trying to figure out all these settings. I'm like, what is this thing? Yeah. Um, and I'm not going to lie. It's a lot. It is a lot. I probably spend, um, a lot more time than your average dentist on social media doing work. Um, I probably spend more time doing these talks and things like that because I want people to, to know who I am. And so that means sacrificing TV workout. Like I do work out yeah. every morning, but that's sacrificing a lot of like pleasure time to do this. I work on the weekends. I'm building, um, what's it called? I do photo shoots on the weekends. I go out to, uh, markets. If you see me, sometimes I do a lot of work in the plant industry. Like I love plants. So networking with other black people who do our small business owners selling things and whatnot, and just getting out there and people realize and being able to re relate to me and then them wanting to come see me. Um, and it's a full-time job. So being myself is a full-time job. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That's absolutely, that, that, that's amazing. 
Um, can we talk a little bit about this mentorship that you, you know, if someone, you know, and obviously the, we, we've mentioned it, but you've been able to connect with, you know, Dr. Ellis, who's your mentor and, mm -hmm. you know, kind of, you know, learn, you know, from her and you both going and, you know, learning from, you know, others that are at the top of the game, you know, yeah. um, how important was that in your, in your journey? It's everything. Um, you can only get so far on your own, you know, I, and I think that's in any industry. If you think yeah. you can do it all yourself, like <laughs> you're going to get stuck eventually. And so for me, I always advise people find the people who are doing what you want to do and try to be of service to them. I think a lot of times in mentorship, or even for me, people are like, can you be my mentor? Like off the bat, like go message me, like, can you be my mentor? Like that is the worst thing you could ever <laughs> do. Like, why don't you try to build a relationship? And once you focus on the relationship building, the mentorship is so easy. They want to be your mentor because they want to invest in you. Dr. Ellis adores me because I teach her stuff all the time. We're 10 years we have a 10 year uh, age gap. So I'm constantly showing her stuff and pushing her out of her box. And she thanks me for that. And then she pushes me out of my box and guides me. And so it's a symbiotic relationship instead of it being a lot of times it's a one, one way one relationship, one sided relationship. Yeah. You're giving into someone and there's nothing that you're getting back. And so all my mentors, I uplift them. I put them on a pedestal. I make them know that I love them and I care for them. And I, Anything they need me to do, I will do for them. And that's why I, that a lot of my success comes from that. Because Dr. Ellis isn't the only mentor. I have tons of mentors. Like I have them in all sorts of high places, very diverse set of mentors, but they all, I've done amazing things and like big projects for each and every one of them. Ooh, you went mute. I think you pressed something. Yeah, uh, and you, if you, if um, someone were to, you know, looking for mentors, you know, how do, how does one approach a mentor? I know you talked about, you know, before, you know, you, you, you had this, you know, kind of, um, you had someone that, you know, introduced you to her in a way, uh, one of her classmates. But beyond that, you, you said you were, you know, hitting her up. You were, you know, what, what, what were some of the things that you did to really show her that you, you were invested in? And 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 ready to you know commit and do what she 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 had told you was ready you know that you needed to do. Um, I would say showing up, like like being persistent. Like I think a lot yeah. of time mentees they think so. If you're a mentor, you're usually very busy. I don't care what you're doing. You're usually excelling in some way. If people want the, you to be their mentor, you're usually have a full plate and so I think a lot of times mentees they think they put the relationship on the mentor but the mentee should be the one that's like holding the relationship and so it's like consistently being like okay I'm gonna hit this person up I'm gonna visit them I'm gonna offer up like constantly showing up and then you'll see some of that pour back or having right. questions and like having things to bring. Like I have mentees right now. Like I have one gentleman right now who like is my personal little mentee. Um, he was introduced to me by somebody, but he comes to the office twice a week. 
He brings me things to look at. Like I've watched his, like we've, we're on draft number 10 of his personal statement. Wow. <laughs> like, and every time he comes back, I can see the work that he's put in. And now he has this beautiful personal statement. And now seeing that he puts in the work and doesn't takes criticism very well, I'm willing to keep pouring into him because I know we'll get places together, yeah. you sure. know? So, um, so yeah, that, that, that's amazing. For me, you know, I've got I've got a, a, a guy that I mentor. He's a, you know, he was my tech. I hired him uh, at one of my previous hospitals, and just seeing, you know, the enthusiasm and you know, someone who wanted to be where you are. You know, he told me how he wants to go to pharmacy school. He wants to, you know, become a pharmacist. Um, and you know, the he was, you know, he actually had, you know ambition you know and, and yeah. he wanted to learn he wanted to you know be better he wanted to you know continue his education um whereas i didn't really have any of the other technicians that were approaching me in the same way and saying hey mm -hmm. i want to do this i want to do that um and so i definitely took the time out to to it pour into him as much as i could and you know to tell him what i know you know things that that would help him and you know kind of direct him and you know, and, and so it's, um, it, it's, it, it's, it's great. It's amazing to be able to have, have someone that, you know, is looking up to you and you're able to say, Hey, look, here's what I think you should do. You know, yeah. here's what, you know, and just give some type of direction, especially when they don't have yeah. that anywhere else, you know. And realizing that not everybody's a good fit as a mentee or a mentor. Like, um, if you're not hungry, you're yeah. not you're not i'm not gonna relate to you because i'm a very hungry right. person right and so you don't come at me that same energy or or i i'm a better mentor for people who are generally doing very well and want to be the best of the best so right. if you if you're coming to me so you can be the best possible i'm really good I'm not really good with people who are half-ass or yeah. who are kind of failing because yeah. I can't relate to you because I, I hate to say this, but like, like the grades, the, all that stuff, like that stuff was the easy part for me. Um, I want people who are struggling mentally in how to position themselves and vision setting yeah. and other things like that. And gotcha. so getting a better hand of what is your mentor's story? What did they struggle with? Like asking them those questions. Maybe they're good for you. Maybe they're not. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that, that's awesome. Why don't we talk about, you, you know, um, did you, I think we mentioned it a little bit, but this, the, the mentorship kind of class that, you know, you want to, you're developing with your mentor and, mm -hmm. you know, if, I don't know if you're, if it, you're open to talking about it. Oh, for sure. Um, but yeah, so this mentor, so it's going to be like a mentee masterclass. We're mostly focusing on women. <laughs> yeah, that's a great. Uh, we really want to, because uh, that's most of the part who reaches out to us for mentorship is women, uh, especially black women. Um, and so our goal is to create a community um, of women who lift each other up, 
who vision set, goal set, and kind of held each other accountable throughout the year in doing these things. Um, we also are going to be discussing a lot of things that we have issues with. Like I'm, we're going to go into like say imposter syndrome in death, uh, how to overcome that, networking, finding mentorship, like all these things that we've been talking about even on this call that a lot of people ask me about on a day-to-day -day basis. Those are things that we're going to dive into. And it'll be cool because you have my perspective as a new doc and you also have her perspective as someone who's been in the game for a little bit longer so we're so excited is it um is it going to be just dentists or just no all? i mean at first i think we're gonna focus on baby dentists or anybody a dentist in general want to be dentist um but i think eventually it'll be open up to anybody um but we're gonna see gauge where oh, I got uh, you. Mm -hmm. that's awesome so it sounds like a little bit like coaching yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I I'll say, yeah, so I can say Dr. Ellis really coached me. I would say before, like, we're being next to her over time, I've become a stronger version of myself. And so, um, and we would love to give that energy off. Because what I'm noticing online, there are a lot of dentists, oh no, there's a, a few dentists that have mentorship programs as well, or there's other leaders who have mentorship programs, um, but it can, some of them are charging a lot of money. And so we wanted to make it more cost effective, um, not as expensive, because we just, we believe that everybody deserves that knowledge. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Um, when we talk about, you know, kind of your, some of your visions, you know, going forward, like goals now, now that you, you're at this place, you're practicing in, in a great, you know, office where you're, you know, next to a great, you know, um, dentist and mentor, you know, I, um, you're, you're here now kind of where you wanted to be when you left school, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's not a corporate structure, you know, you're, you have kind of this flexibility to be creative and, you know, kind of be yourself and you're being pushed to be a better version of yourself, to be a better doctor, a better dentist, you know, and to be at the top of, you know, your, you know, your, your field, um, being there now, what are your goals now? Looking, you know, 10, 15, you know, whatever, five, 10 years from now. What are the new goals? Yeah, so I really, we really want to grow the brand, Smile Design Studios. I'm hoping that in 10 years from now that um, we're in a new space that is bigger. We really want to get into, become leaders in just facial cosmetics. So something that we're starting to offer is Botox, fillers, things like that, um, work with plastic surgeons, work with nurses and things like that. So say someone comes in and you're like, okay, I want a facelift or I just want to look the best that I can. What is everything we can do that we plan all that from a holistic? Because we're seeing that a lot of people are getting a lot of cosmetic work done on their face um we want to make sure that people are doing it in a safe managed and properly planned out way um to get to feel like their most beautiful self and so you'll see me continue to push in that direction grow the practice in that direction um i will continue to be myself um i'm hopefully like i always tell people my vision is to be the ariana grande of dentistry like i want to be like a pop star dentist like i want to be able Yay. to just be myself, be so like uh, yeah. powerful in that and still have patients come to see me um, and respect me per, um, professionally. Um, so awesome. you just continue to see us lean into that. So I'm really excited. Hey, that's awesome. I mean, you, you're doing it. Keep, keep going, keep going. I know when we had, we had spoken um, 
uh, before you talked about wanting to kind of take this, you know, and, you know, kind of do it outside of uh, the country and, you know, bring it to, you know, um, you know, places that were underserved. Um, is that still, a, you know, a goal of yours? Yeah. I mean, the thing is that like black wealth isn't just in the U.S. If anything, it's like in Africa. And so um, I've seen a lot of dentists bring their practices, like Dr. Appa practiced in Dubai and whatnot. And I'm like, you oh, know, wow. why can't we do these things in Nigeria or Ghana? Like those are right. like black wealth, like capitals of um, the world. Yeah. Like nobody else is doing this here. I mean, maybe they are, but I haven't seen it. <laughs> so um, how do we bring our brand and everything we're offering to a world stage? And that is also something. So if you know any investors that wants to do it with me now, let's go. <laughs> hey, hey we'll, we'll, get, we'll, we'll, we'll talk more offline. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, I can't even imagine what the bureaucratic uh, shenanigans will be to try to get yeah. through all that. And, but I, I hope to do something like that, um, I would say. So you're kind, of, you're, 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 you're kind of the Dr. Miami of dentistry. I'm trying to be. Trying to be. That's <laughs> Baby awesome. Dr. Miami. Baby yeah. Dr. Miami of dentistry. Yeah. Yeah. And that's awesome. You need that. You know, you don't really, you know, and, and with the, with the, you know, prevalence of social media now, you know, that's kind of how the world knows of Dr. Miami. You yeah. Know, you know, but you don't really, I don't know the dentist that is that, you know. Um, yeah. I mean, there are, I mean, yeah. I mean, Dr. Appa, what I'm trying to be is like the black Dr. Appa um that's if you ever look him up that's kind of where i'm going he's like a globe driver he's like on private jets going across oh. the country he has several different offices um that's what i'm trying to do but i really want to i want it to be black and so Yay. um hopefully the community takes very good uh reception to me and people stop flying to Colombia to get their teeth done <laughs> by <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and you come come to dr joy she's here she's doing it she's doing yeah. great you know well, next thing i know maybe i'll just open up a clinic in columbia <laughs> hey take it there people want to go there for sure hey. that's where you want to go let's go <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome before uh before we 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 got online we were talking about you know health literacy um mm -hmm. and you know just kind of you know the what we see as healthcare professionals and how, you know, our, and I think we talked about it a little bit when we got into, you know, kind of the, a bit of the political, you know, different ideologies, mm -hmm. but why don't we talk a little bit about that? I, I, I know I was telling you about a, um, a, a guest of mine who I haven't even put this, you know, a guest of mine who I just interviewed, who's doing uh, work in health literacy, you know, being able to take, you know, the patient information that, you know, is usually printed out with prescriptions on this, mm -hmm. you know, three pages of, you know, information that probably no one ever reads, you know, and he's putting that in a video format, you know, that's easy to digest, easy to, to, to take in. And, you know, you, 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 you know, you, um, you have experience, you know, with health literacy and you're passionate about that as well. Yeah. So if anyone who doesn't know, health literacy is the art. It's, a, it's an art <laughs> of taking very complex uh, health knowledge and making it very easy, user-friendly, um, so that people can make better decisions, decisions about their health or be able to do the things that you would like them to do. And oftentimes, 
Um, in dentistry, we use really big words, mumble jumbo, and patient has no idea what they're doing and they leave feeling really confused and they don't get care. And so something I really focus on is spending the time to educate my patient, be it be on Twitter, be it be, it, be on Clubhouse, on Instagram, or even in my chair. I spend the time to teach you every little aspect that you need to understand your own health. Um, right. And that way our patients, even if you don't get the care from me, you left me with knowledge. And right. I think oftentimes providers try too hard to get the patients to do what they want instead of just allowing the patients to come to their own con conclusion. So some things I do is in my office, we have huge TVs everywhere and we use, we show videos. Like Dr. Ellis has these things called the tooth talks where she breaks down like, um, hard to understand dental topics. And then we also show you, we take pictures of your mouth and point out to you the calculus buildup you got. We show you, I play games like let's find the cavity together and we show you <laughs> what it looks like. And so no matter where you go, no one can ever, you can be like, show me the x-ray, show me, show me the pictures and you can start to get a idea of what's going on in your own mouth. And I think that's why people choose to get like, uh, treatment with us is because I educated them enough that they're making that decision themselves. They don't feel pressured into it. Right. Right. That's awesome. That, that's absolutely awesome because even, you know, trans, you know, taking that into medicine, pharmacy, what we see is that a lot of times patients don't really know why they're on whatever medications they're taking. Um, mm -hmm. They don't understand the, the importance of staying on their medications, uh, you know, their chronic meds. For example, you know, if they have diabetes, hypertension, high blood pressure, or cholesterol, blah, 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 mm -hmm. you know, they might feel like, hey, they, <laughs> they are on this medication, they took it, uh, and they're fine now, you know, and mm -hmm. the, the diabetes should be gone or the whatever should be is cured now because they took this med. And it's like, no, it's chronic. You have yeah. to continue taking it, you know. Um, but, but we see that a lot, and that's something that we battle with, and that's something that, you know, Definitely, there's there's uh, opportunity for pharmacists, uh, physicians, you know, um, dentists, everyone, you know, to really help educate their patients as to to be able to be to buy into their healthcare and be, yeah. you know, not just this paternalistic model where the doctor is telling you, hey, you need to do this, you know, and you're okay just doing it, but you don't know why, you don't even know why, and so because mm -hmm. you don't know why, you're not going to stick with it. Yeah, something that I implement now, um, or I've always done since I've been a physician, um, not a physician, I'm a dentist, whoops, um, is the feedback mechanism. So if you ask a patient a question, you ask them, so say I would say, okay, so tell me what you just understood from what I just said, or tell me what are the top three things that you are going to do now to better care for your teeth. I yeah. make them tell me it back in their own words. And I think that's something that is very critical if you're a healthcare provider that if you're not doing to start doing so that you understand. Cause listening is one thing, but processing and it coming yeah. back their mouth is a whole nother. And so once you can say it back to me, that's how I know you actually heard what I was saying. So that's a good yeah. little tidbit. Nice, nice, nice. Thanks for the tips. Mm -hmm. um, as we wrap up, this has been such a great talk. Um, yeah. What is, are there any, if you would, if you could leave the listener with, with maybe one last gem of, you know, this is something that you, 
the biggest thing that you've learned maybe in um you know up up to this point you know the one lesson the one you know you've you've gotten past the you know you're not smart enough you're not worthy enough to be here the imposter syndromes the you know you know racism and the microaggressions and x y and z and now you're here you know what are what are some of the what are what what if you could Boil it down to one thing that you've learned. That's the biggest thing that you wish. If you or if you could go back to your, you know, self in in undergrad or in you know dental school. You know, you're you know you could go back ten years ago, fifteen years ago, and talk to that you know uh, joy from back then. What yeah. would you say? Um, I would just really tell them that all. The more trials, tribulation, and failure that you go through, the better you become as a human. If you become afraid of trying, if you become afraid of the pain, if you become becoming afraid of yeah failure, you are not are doing yourself such a big disservice. And so, I would just tell myself, continue to fail. Like I love failing. like I'm not afraid to fail and I'm a very um you know Haitian people tend to be very like strong-headed like that's me like I will repeat something and fail it over and over and I'm knowing that I will be better in the end and I just want to tell people that it's okay to fail you do not you don't need to be perfect um that's how you grow um and just giving yourself the grace to fail and get back up again. So if you do fail, being nice to yourself, not being hard on yourself and going and doing it again. And that's how you really grow. Okay. It's awesome. It's awesome. Fail often and fail forward. Uh, you know, yeah. 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 That's great. That's great. Thank you so much. This has been such a great, you know, time uh, and, and, and talk with you. Um, Thank we, you. It was so, so fun. Much. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and you know, we didn't even have to necessarily, you know, um, go to, you know, my notes so much or anything. We just kind of flowed. Um, yeah. But for anyone that wants to maybe uh, see, you know, see see your page, you know, reach out to you X, Y, and Z. Do you want to put your that information out there for your Instagram? Uh, yeah, I do respond to DMs and whatnot. So again, it's at Dr. Joy, D-R-J-O-Y-Y. Um, and all my info is there. I have a link tree there. My office is on there. I have toothbrush recommendations <laughs> <laughs> and all this is silly stuff. So check me out. And if you have any questions or comments, I am open. But Yay. yeah, this was so Yay. fun. Thanks for having me. No, thanks for coming on. This was great. This was so, we covered so much, you know, mm-hmm. from, geez, from politics. Yeah, and I normally don't put my whole life story out there. So yeah, so this is cool. So I like, most people think I grew up like a rich princess. So uh, this was, no, this was amazing. You know, no, you have yeah. to talk about it sometimes. Yeah, you know? Being you able do. to really, you know, you know, talk about where you come from, you know, it, it helps you to appreciate, you know, where you are now even more. Exactly. So, yeah. so that's awesome. Thank you so much again for for coming on. It was a pleasure. It was a great talk. Um, and for everyone that's listened and our our you, you're staying with us to this point, thank you for listening. This has been another great episode of Highlighting Greatness with Visaya. Thank you and have a good one. Bye. <laughs> Bye.